Good morning. How's everybody doing? <laughs> Lovely to see everybody's faces um, and teeth, right? For those of you, for those of you smiling. So, um, yours or God's? All right, yours or God's? Let's uh, let's see what the Bible says, huh? All right, so if we want to open up our Bibles, let's go to uh, chapter 1, page 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There we go. All right, what a discussion. So, uh, so it's God's, huh? All right, glad that we all came to that conclusion together. It's a, it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful one to, uh, to come to in a, in a fine debate. So, uh, but so often, right, we don't see it this way. Right? We, don't, we don't look at it that way. We speak of things, right? We talk about my house or my car or my shoes, right? My dress, my pants. But they're, they're not really ours. Right, we even have uh, iPhone. It's amazing, <clears throat> but it's not really ours, right? It's God's. It's God's kingdom. It's God's earth, right? Small K kingdom here on earth, capital K kingdom in heaven, the place to come where we're going, and the ultimate hope, right? No matter what, of Jesus, heaven, things to come, the ultimate hope, no matter what. Awesome. So these things we call ours, right? And, and how do we get them on top of that? Right, how do we get the things that we call, we call ours, right? These bodies that, that were given from God, right? So I have my hand, right? I tell, it, I tell it to move, right? It moves. I have my memory. I tell it to recall. And it remembers, for, for the most part, like kind of all right. I do have notes in front of me. I don't know if you've noticed. I've tried to do this with no notes, tough. It's tough. It's not easy. You know, we'll, we'll see where God, where the good Lord takes that one, but the time is not yet, say that. So we all have different gifts, right? Maybe yours is a memory. Maybe you have a, like a photographic memory, and that's awesome. Or maybe it's, uh, you know, you're great with your hands, right? Different things in that, in that arena, or maybe you're really good with numbers. But whatever it is, right, the gifts that we've been given, we can either, either use them well, or we can use them not well. All right, we can use them, it's really, you know, how, how are we going to use them, right? How, how are we going to use the gifts that, that we've been given? So you can use it in a positive way, right, or a negative way. Are you going to be selfish? Are you going to be giving? And these gifts, right, as an earthly principle, you know, what's, what's that resource? What's that resource that we earn? Again, we love to call it mine, too. Right, it's my money. It's my money. I could even use iPhone for Apple Pay for my money. But it's really God's money, right? God's creation, God's gifting, hence God's money. And whether we have much or little, right, in the eyes of God from an eternal perspective, an eternal perspective. It's all little. It's all little. 
a lot or a little through our little microscope of our time here on earth, our little shadow tunnel of a vision. It's all, it's all little, right? And it's a test. How are you going to use it? And will you use it or will it use you? And Jesus tells parables on this, right? Such as the parable of the talents in Matthew 25 or the parable of the shrewd manager in Luke 16. And in that parable of the shrewd manager in Luke, right, Jesus concludes with, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And isn't that an earthly principle too? Whether it's work or with kids, it's a trust issue. It's a trust issue. Verse 11, so if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches of heaven? And God loves us, right? So he wants love in return, both for himself, those made in his likeness, right? Our neighbors, our fellow human beings, those sitting in the pews right beside you to your right and your left, however far right across the world, really doesn't matter. It's all the same to God. And he wants us, you know, wants us to, to, you know, number one, right? He really wants to say number one in our lives, other people number one. And the number one thing of getting in this thread is money. When you grow into adulthood, the, the number one thing of getting into that, getting in the way of love of others or God is money, right? Stuff, materialism, even when you're a kid, can put a chokehold on your life, literally. Depending on studies you look at, money can be the biggest issue of stress, Relationship issues, marital issues, family division, and all types of evil and wickedness, warring throughout times, right, over money. Paul hits that really, really eloquently in 1 Timothy 6, right, he's writing to Timothy, he talks to him about that, and God, God knows that, right, God knows this, <laughs> no secret to God. So to live life to the fullest, right, and simultaneously protect us from allowing money to choke us, steal our joy. What does God want us to do with his money, with his money? You know, thank you, God, right, for your living word, the Bible, our blueprint, and your character. Right, that you reveal to us and you let us know what you want us to do with your money. So we're going to hit on a, uh, a few major points. Right, It's through the whole Bible that we get a full, full picture of the character of God. Right? You can't take pieces just here and there. You can't identify who a person is in a picture just by their hand or how tall somebody is 
just by seeing their head. Right? You can't run with one foot, at least not as fast as you would run with the whole body. Right? So you can't just take pieces here and there. So let's make sure, right, I can say it again and again, to really read the Bible, right? It's so, so very important as a whole. That's why Jesus said, right, Matthew 17, it's on the, on the front of your bulletins. It's also in the Bible, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, nor the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. And then he also goes on to uh, say, anyone who sets aside the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. And I, I, I don't want to be called least in the kingdom of heaven. I don't. I don't. I don't. It doesn't matter. Hard, easy, whatever. You got to teach it. You got to talk about it. At least I try and teach. I don't, you let me know. Feedback. So to aid in your continued journey, right, we've included some sample verses on the back of the bulletins. If you look at the back of the bulletins, right, it goes through the whole Bible. Completely coincidence, right, create ordained incidents, where uh, it ended up being seven from the Old Testament and seven from the New Testament. Totally unintentional. Unintentional. Thank you, Karen, for your help with that. Awesome. So, uh, but, right, at the end of the day, all right, that's just the, the beginning to, to help you or to encourage you, or maybe you're already doing it, right, but it's, it's you know, you can never have too much encouragement, really. That's the most important habit of, of my life, right, God's Word every day walking with Jesus, walking alongside Jesus. So the first time we hear about it, right, it's, it's, it's uh, Genesis 14. It's uh, Abraham, the, the father of our faith, right, the original, the original patriarch. And he's, a, he's a man of great faith, right, and he's blessed. So in thankfulness, in thankfulness to God, he gives him 10%. He doesn't have to do it. He just does it out of thankfulness. But that's not the true human condition, right? Our fallen condition. Not just like, thank you. Yes, here you go. That's not, that's not our general posture as a, as, a, as a human race. Giving's hard, right? It challenges our selfishness. And God knows that. So through Moses... Right, he begins to develop our moral character. And he does this with the law. Right, obviously Moses pops onto the scene in Exodus, the second book of the, uh, of the Bible, the Old Testament. And, uh, and then in the, uh, in the third, the fourth, and the fifth, we really start to see him bring in this tithe that's part of the law and teaching the law right, in Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Our first fruits, right? Giving God 10%, tithe 10%, right? So we keep 90% and God gets 10. We get 90 and we, we, God keeps his 10. 
And he tells us why, right? So, so that we remember to keep him first, you know, our first love, our first fruit, and to revere him, right? Some know the word fear God, right? It's really respect, awe, revere. And it is, of course, important, too, because it's how the priesthood operates, right? It's how, it's how the, the moral character, the whole, the whole mechanism worked. But you know what we missed, right, as people, our ancestors, in a big way. Leviticus 19.18, right, love your neighbor as yourself. Big way, for those of you that are the Pharisees in the Bible, right, or the religious elite, which we're going to get into, I mean, man, right, they missed the mark, and Jesus gave it to them, too. It was not, not light. You know, woe to you, woe to you Pharisees, the eight woes, unhappy. Forgiveness, though. All right, so um, what did our generous God do, right? The ultimate gift, right? The Word became flesh, entered Jesus Christ. We didn't listen to the prophets. We mainly persecuted them. So God sent us His Son, right, to teach us that He wants all of us doesn't want just, just want our money, right? We, we turn this into, into, a pro, into a process, right? Where it's just like, you know, I have my 90%, right? And I put like this, this 10% in, and then, and then I, keep, I keep my 90, I put this 10 in, and here's a, a guy that, that can't even walk and is poor and has no food right next to the treasury bin. Just turn my back on him and walk away, though. Like, it doesn't matter. Right, completely missing the point, right? What that, that 10% is doing, right? It's helping the poor, the disadvantaged, our fellow neighbors, those that we love. God wants all of us, right? Justice, mercy, compassion, faithfulness. So what are we going to do with the time, the resources, the gifting God provides us? And in terms of money, Jesus makes it very clear when he says, we cannot serve two masters, both God and money. Right, in Matthew and Luke, couldn't be, couldn't be more clear. And you could think, you know, Corey, Really great guy, right? He's so nice. Or, or maybe you, you don't think that. I need to humble myself and not talk about myself in the third person, right? But if you want to know where my heart is, right, ask me for my bank statement. That'll show you where my heart is. How you spend your time as well, right? But God wants all of us. If your money is used on earthly stuff, ventures, homes, cars, clothes, and then God gets the leftovers? I mean, judge a tree by its fruit. Money is then a greater God for you in your life. And Jesus is very clear here as well, right? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So let me tell you my story, right? This is what God has placed on my heart in regards to giving. Right, from, from the beginning and then, and then where, where I am to now. So obviously I have a new journal. This was my original godly journal. It's 
it's pretty, uh, it's pretty beat up now. You can tell, but that, that's good. It's well used, right? It's a good thing. So, January 13th, 2019, 10%. God deserves my first fruits. Thank you, Lord, for everything. So that was my heart. That's where my heart was. But there is a big difference between your heart and knowing what you should do, right? Personally knowing what you should do, like subjective knowledge, and then action. A big, big, big difference. So I didn't grow up as a believer. A lot of you know, right? I didn't grow up tithing. And I didn't look at money as though it was God's. And I was a steward of it to use it during my time here. I saw it as me giving up 10%. Right, I was living in California. Some of you know it's a little expensive out there. 10% was a lot of money, right? Sure, like a, like a BMW, Audi payments, like that's cool. Like Ocean View condo, I can spend money on that. That's all right. Frivolous spending on whatever. You know, the 401k, got to max that out, right? That's, that's real important. But 10, 10% to God, man, like, ugh, that's a tough one to swallow, right? That's, that's a lot. I didn't look at it like it was his at all to use for his good purposes. Well, I wasn't there yet. To provide his church, right, with the first fruits that I earned, with the gifts that he given me and the resources that are his anyway. And the blessing that you receive from that, from the giving. And God knows that too. Right? The joy, happiness, spiritual prosperity, contentment that you get from living that way, from living into that. So I would give, right? It was sporadic, not regular, like here and there, and surely not 10%. My fists were clenched, right? That posture of generosity wasn't there. But I was reading the Bible, right? I'm going on mission trips. The Holy Spirit, Jesus is at work in me. Cleansing out that which is not holy, bringing in the Holy Spirit, making us more and more Christ-like, right? Jesus at work. And the book of Ecclesiastes, right, comes to life. Materialistic things that, that I was chasing, right? Those things that I mentioned, they become meaningless, really, just a, just a chasing after the wind, what, what is, I don't, I don't enjoy, I don't care about these things. Do I care about what other people think about these things? And then if that's the way I'm looking at it, should I then, is that, is, that's whacked, right? You don't need God to realize that, that, that's, that that's whack, right? So fast forward to last year. Right, it was my first year in seminary school. Uh, I left my job, went out to London, almost went to school out there. Didn't. Moved back with my pops. Thank you, pops. Best roommate ever. And I uh, took out some student loans, right? One of the checks comes in. To be honest, like I didn't really need it at the time. And I know it's money that I'm going to have to pay back, right? I have no job. Don't know what the future holds. And so I have it on my, on my desk, 
I have it on my desk, like right next to the computer, just staring me in the face daily. And it's like a good bit of money, right? Like, it's a good, I don't max out on the studio. It was, it was, a, good, it was a good bit of money. But, but I couldn't cash it, right? I didn't want, I, there was nothing I wanted for, for myself. Like, I, I don't know, I'm just looking at it. I'd already gotten a you know, good deal on a modest car. I'm content, right? But it's just sitting there and in my head. I'm like, I never tithed when I was out in California. All that, all that time that I had, all that money that I could have given to the church, given to God, given to God's kingdom, given to God's people to help others, to bless others, evangelism, all the different things that could have happened with that money, right? Both there in the church or globally or however, right? Into God's kingdom in heaven, how that'll reap and sow, how, you know, see, see what happens. <laughs> and that's, can't wait to see that, that hope. So I'm, I'm like, you know, what, what, uh, what, do I, what do I do with this, right? And, and what better time to test my faith than right now, right, when I have nothing? I have nothing. So we walk by faith, not by sight, right? It's what the Bible says. It's what God tells us to do, right? Do what it says. James tells us to do. Talked about that a few weeks ago. So I put the check in my bank account, take the money, and I give it to Hope Church, and out of curiosity, right, so this is in October, I, I go and uh, look at my earnings from 2020 for, uh, for just that, that partial year. I'd worked like just a um, couple months, right? And, and between the, the roof donation I'd given a little bit prior and then, and then that one that was pretty, pretty sizable, right, um, it ended up coming down to 10% like on the T, and call, call me on the carpet, I have screenshots of it, right? Because, I mean, that's, that's, that's one of those things, and that's like experiencing God, too, right? Where you walk in obedience with him, and then you experience him, right? And that deepens your faith. That, that's those things that are so personal that you know, right? That it's, it's something that you know that draws you so much closer into God. And now, honestly, it's a story that I have forever. And what a blessing that is. But those creator-ordained incidences, right? They're so important to our maturation in faith. Then it's just you. It's personal. It's between you and God. And then so now I know, for me personally, right, personally I know, experiencing God, living into that fullness of God, intimate relationship, right, with the Father, just, it just deepens that in such a wondrous way. And in the season since, right, the jobs at school that have fallen into place to work within my schedule and everything and the fortunate sequence of events, and, then, uh, and, and now I can tithe. Right? Now I can give that 10%. And so in my head, right, and take, take, take it how you want to take it, but I, I think the obedience was, was given back. Right? There's, too much, there's too much that was put into place in the orchestrate. It was one season to a next, but it wasn't instant. Right? God's not a slot machine. You give one thing and you expect something to. You can live that way, but I mean, you'll be very spiritually poor, even if it happens. So sowing one season, right? Reaping another. And it was for his purposes though, right? And that's, that's really important in the heart was in the right place, right? It wasn't, 
wasn't about, it's, not about the, it's not about the money, right? You don't give to get. Do not, it's, it's not, it's, like I said, I mean, <clears throat> if you're looking for material blessings back, you're spiritually poor. So, and then I, I do believe, too, just in general, that there's, that there's I just, I have a, I have, I have a, I'm excited about things that come, right? There's a certain, certain faith, right, that we, that we walk with, right, certain verses that I, you know, could, could jump. It's just sort of a, I don't know, a way that I, I like to, to walk in life, right, to walk in faith with God. Another time, another message, different day. <clears throat> so, this earthly stuff, right? <clears throat> oh, man. Does anybody have a wallet or a dollar bill? Cash? I left my wallet up there because uh, let's do it. I got to do it. It's too visual. Job, in the, back in, the, <clears throat> in Job 28, right, he talks about jewels and mining and going into the darkness and how all of that is... Uh, <sighs> Just, just how we take these the gold and rubies out of the dark, bring it into the light and glorify it like it's something so wondrous, right? And now it's, it's this green. Thank you for this $10. Yes. Awesome. Right? So this is Hamilton. All right? So here we, we glorify these dead dudes that are on a, on a green piece of paper and treat it like it can be everything depending, thank you so much, choke you out, right? Sap the joy from your life. And honestly, is it more important to get that or to help our neighbor in need, to help my neighbor in need? I hope the neighbor in need, right? I hope the neighbor in need. So the next step of God's process, right? He showered more grace down, right? The ultimate twist of awesomeness, right? Jesus' crucifixion becomes his glorification. We come into the age of the Holy Spirit. Starts out in Jerusalem, right? Pentecost comes down, day of the Pentecost, Acts 2. Jesus Christ's church begins, Acts 2, verse 45. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Verse 46. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Those who were being saved. <clears throat> it's not like Jesus resurrected from the dead. And the Jewish Christians, you know, who, uh, so all of the Christians initially were, were pretty much Jewish, right? They're all, they're all in Jerusalem. That's where it started before Paul, right, takes it out to the, to the Gentiles. So pretty much all Jewish Israelites, right? It's not like they were like, Jesus raised from the dead, right? The resurrection, it happened. He's Lord, right? We're out of the tithe. It's done. I don't have to give my 10% anymore. Yes. He is risen, right? I'm done. The 10% is over. The tithe is done. 
Oh, they were so excited to be a part of this movement. Look, they were selling everything, right? Distributing the proceeds to all as any who had need. So excited about moving the gospel forward. And they did a great job, right? And they did a great job. Look at us. Look at where Christianity's gone. Awesome. God, you did a great job. Thank you. And God wants all of us, right? That really, that really comes forward with the Holy Spirit, right? Our bodies is a living sacrifice, Romans 12.1. So he doesn't just want your, your money, right? He wants your time and your effort. He wants all of you. It could be a reverse tither, right? You give 90%, keep 10%. But if the church isn't out there in the community, right, if we're not out there in the community, helping those that are in need, caring for the poor, spreading the love of the gospel, how how are we going to grow? How are we going to live out the Great Commission, right? We love through action. And people need to see the love to understand. You could give a ton of money to the church, but if people don't see the love, if there's no love, then what's the point? Right? It's that same thing. I just throw in some money in here. Did my deal. And a poor person's just sitting right next to it. You don't necessarily have to do it, right? All have different physical gifts, traits, right? Age, whatnot. But making sure it's happening, working with your fellow Christians to see where things are going and progressing. So with your giving, right, bringing the serving to, and how do you want to help others, right? What's on your heart? What's your passion? Right, your lifeblood. So if you ask me, right, giving turns to joy as we grow in spiritual maturity. Right, giving turns to joy as we grow in spiritual maturity. And you can liken it to to Christmas, right? As children, we like to receive we grow into parents, and we like to give. And God taught us his moral character. Right? As we grow into it, that 10% should really just be the, that, like, that's the starting number. You know? That's part of being the, the Christian community in the church, right? It's how things happen. And I mean, look, look at the history. Right? The history speaks for itself. Read it. And with more grace, right, more thankfulness in return. And if you trust God with your eternal salvation, are you not going to trust him with your finances? His word? And generosity doesn't depend on what you have, right? There are people out there that have very little and are very generous. There's people out there that have a ton and are very generous. There's people out there with little that are tight, and there's people out there with with a lot that are tight. You know, it's a characteristic, right? It's love. It's not based on circumstances. And it's trusting God and his word and what he says and what he's taught us. Think of the most incredibly generous person you've ever met, or any generous person you've met, right? Are they not just bubbling over with joy? Right? Generous people are just happy. We get blessed through giving, we get blessed. 
right? That is a promise that, that you can count on. You get spiritual prosperity through the giving of your finances. So thankfulness to God, right, with the first fruits, and then how much more He's given us, right, with the Son, the Holy Spirit, direct access to the Father. We can always pray, faith, Trinitarian intimacy, right, the hope of heaven, the depth of forgiveness, and then living in, in radical faith, right, transforming the community. And it's possible, right, it's possible. Bring, bring all of your resources, right, all of you, your talents, your skills, your gifts, your love, and your money, and let's make awesome happen, right? But it takes all of you, it takes all of us, collectively. And so whatever's on your heart, right, let, let leadership, let me know. Please let me know, right? But bring all, bring all of you. And let's make it happen, right? Spread the gospel, help those around us do our part as Jesus followers, right, to make the world a better place, to make our community a better place, to spread the gospel. And so where are you, right, in your giving journey, your generosity journey? What's your next step, right? Maybe this is super foreign to you, right, like it was to me, super foreign. But change was possible, right? Jesus does it. A renewed purpose, you know, prime example of a radical change, right? Think of the character Scrooge, right? The definition of a miser, tight-fisted, clenched towards wealth. Miser is the root word for miserable, right? That's what Scrooge was. Obviously, you saw him, he's miserable. And he became generous. He got out in the community, giving, and he was so happy. So happy. And I think that we can all see the truth in that. So Jesus is in the business, right, of taking broken into beautiful or uninspired into good, into great, into godly. Or maybe you're already involved in the giving into the kingdom of God, right? And sowing the seed of, of what's to come in heaven. Bringing as much of, of heaven to earth right now as, as you can while we're here. So this is my challenge to you then, as same to myself, right? Talking to myself, would be the, to, to keep growing, right? The more that we sow, the more that we reap. That's what Paul talks about when he's writing a church in Corinth, right? 2 Corinthians 9, 6, specifically. In blessings, right? The joy, the happiness, spiritual contentment, that peace, the refreshment. You know, let's give it our all, right? Our resources, our time, our energy, our money. Like, let's be special, Right? Do, do, do what it says. Do what the Word says. Right? Let's be special in the community. Right? Make a difference. It takes all of us. Baseball season, right? So if you're batting second, right? Move up to fourth. Bat cleanup. Right? And if you're batting cleanup, then make the all-star team. 
Right? If you're on the all-star team, it's become the MVP. Right? We should all always be growing in, in every facet of spiritual maturity. Right? And let, let's do it together. Let's be special. Right? Brave, bold, talk to our neighbors. Transform the community. Right? Do, do what Jesus tells us to do. Please and bring, bring everything you have. Right, together with Jesus in God's word, in God's word, in God's spirit. Now we can be miraculous. We, small church here, big church globally, right? A lot of great and awesome to do. Let's do it. Right, clean up. Fourth, boom, MVP. Let's do it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for everything that you've given to us, right? For creating us to begin with. We thank you for the gifts that you've given us, the resources that you've allowed us to, to obtain, right? And, and, and the, the, the moral character that you developed in us and, and, and the path and the, the way that we can grow and spiritual maturity and how there's always more to grow. Right, and we thank you for your grace and meeting us where we are, right, where, wherever we are. We thank you for that so very much. Forgiveness, I mean, there's so much to thank there. And please meet us where we, at, where we are at, right? And put, put that posture of giving into our hearts, that generosity into, into our hearts, where we get that joy out of giving, Right? Help us, please. And to grow in you and to grow in your spirit. To grow in joy. And to bring those promises and to live out your word and to, and to, and to not fall into the materialistic culture that we're a part of. But to live into, into your word, complete your will. And really be radically faithful in thinking that we can transform this community and be a part of your global movement that, that makes the world a better place every day. And give us the energy, right, the time, the money, the resources to give to you, to put in front of you, to make it happen. And in your name we pray. Amen.